Many of us know what 10-4 is supposed to mean, but does 4-10 represent anything else other than a height? Perhaps it signals a punt. Neither of these things would make any sense to the handful of British readers and listeners of Charlottesville Community Engagement, who may think today is okay. I'm Sean Tubbs, and perhaps it would have been better if I had just said that this is the hundredth day of the year. On today's program, the ballots are set for local races in the June 20, 2023 Democratic primaries. Charlottesville City Council holds first reading of a proposal to raise building permit fees when a new system comes online later this month. And Albemarle County supervisors are briefed on requests from the area's two major transit providers. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, if you are cleaning out your garage, basement, or garden shed as spring continues, the Piedmont Master Gardeners will gladly take any yard and garden equipment you no longer need. PMG is now accepting donations of new and used tools, hoses, decorative items, outdoor furniture, virtually anything used to create, maintain, and enjoy a garden. These green elephants will be offered for sale to the public during PMG's spring plant sale. Donated items may be dropped off at 402 Albemarle Square between 10 a.m. and noon on Tuesdays and Saturdays through the end of April. PMG is not able to accept plastic pots or opened chemicals. To arrange a pickup or for more information, contact the Piedmont Master Gardeners at greenelephant at piedmontmastergardeners.org. And as for that sale, Mark your calendar for Saturday, May 6th at Albemarle Square Shopping Center. The deadline has passed for candidates to qualify for the ballot in party races scheduled for June 20th in Virginia. There's competition for Charlottesville City Council and none at the primary level for the Albemarle Board of Supervisors. In all, five Democrats will be listed in the primary contest for City Council that's scheduled for 71 days from now, as confirmed by John McLaren, the chair of Charlottesville Democrats. The candidates are Fifeville resident Deshad Cooper, former City Councilor Bob Fenwick, challenger Natalie Oshrin, incumbent Michael Payne, and incumbent Lloyd Snook. Payne and Snook are the first city councillors to run for re-election since 2017, when incumbent Fenwick lost in the primary that year. Before winning election as a Democrat in 2013, Fenwick had twice run as an independent. He also ran in the 2019 Democratic primary, but placed fifth in a five-way race. In Albemarle County, Democrat Ann Malik will face independent Brad Rickle in the November 7th election for the Whitehall District Supervisor. Today, Rickle sent out a press release indicating he would not take any campaign donations from developers or other special interests. In the Rivanna District, Democrat B. Lepisto Kirtley will not face a primary challenge, unlike in 2019. The incumbent will face independent Thomas Fadley in November. Democrat Michael Pruitt currently doesn't have any opposition in the November race. Incumbent Donna Price opted to retire from government when her term expires on December 31st. Independent candidates have until June 20th to qualify for the general election ballot. There are no Republican candidates in any of the local government races except Senate District 11. More on that in a moment. Area legislative races are also now official as well. 
In the race for District 54 in the House of Delegates, the candidates are Bellamy Brown, Katrina Carlson, and Dave Norris. In the race for District 55 in the House of Delegates, Amy Lawfer and Kellen Squire are on the ballot there. Democrat Sally Hudson is challenging Senator Creed Deeds for the Democratic primary for Senate District 11. Philip Hamilton is running as a Republican and is on the ballot, as is Haraya Guerrero, an independent candidate in the race. Charlottesville Tomorrow is having a campaign about that today, and tomorrow I'll have a link to that in the newsletter. Later this month, the city of Charlottesville will begin to use new software to track various land use applications processed by the city's Department of Neighborhood Development Services. They'll begin with building permits, but will need to adjust the price of various fees, according to building official Charles Miller. One thing that we found out on this new software, it the calculations can't handle the old way that we did the, the fees, so that it had to be done. We had to redo it. The fee schedule has not been updated in Charlottesville since 2008. Miller said the process relied on confusing mechanisms to calculate the cost for developers and landowners. He's seeking to simplify the system as best he can while finding consistency. You know, we have three permit techs out front. If I walked up there with a permit, the chances are I'm going to get three different answers. And that's just, un- that's just unacceptable. Miller said state code allows localities to charge fees that are high enough to cover the full cost of paying people to process the applications, but that the city is nowhere near that level. He said one of his goals is to change that when the new system goes into place on April 30th. Miller has only been in the job since last August and joined city government at a time when NDS was struggling to process permits. There was even a brief pause in accepting new ones last spring. When I got here back in August, our review time was horrible. Uh, We had plans, and that doesn't really reflect all the plans that we had uh, for a permit review. It was 80 days plus, and right now we're down to roughly about two weeks. The only speaker at the public hearing was John Sales, the executive director of the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. This caught me kind of as a surprise. Uh, I don't know the impact this will have on low-income housing projects that are under development or that are being proposed um, because fees take into a decent amount of our budget. We're looking at very small margins. And so I hope there's some legislation or resolution later on down the road that address that concern. This item will come back to council on April 17th as part of a second reading on their consent agenda. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement and in today's second Patreon-fueled shout-out. Since the very beginning of this newsletter, one Patreon supporter has used his shout-out to draw your attention to the work of the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign. The campaign is a coalition of grassroots partners, including motivated citizens and volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. You still have time to learn about what you need to plan to attract pollinators who will keep native species going. 
To learn more, visit plantvirginianatives.org to download Piedmont Native Plants, a guide for landscapes and gardens. One more segment today, and my look back at meetings I've missed in recent weeks, continues with a review of the Albemarle County Supervisor's Work Session from March 22, 2023. That's when representatives from both Jaunt and Charlottesville Area Transit appeared to present their budget requests. Budget decisions in Albemarle are supposed to follow the major tenets of the strategic plan agreed to by the Board of Supervisors on October 19, 2022. Investment in transit operations can be justified by two specific goals and objectives. They are 3.4, implement long-range plans to embrace multimodal connectivity. 4.4, integrate parks planning with multimodal transportation planning across the county. Ryan Davidson is the Deputy Chief of Budget in Albemarle County. Here in the county, we don't operate our own separate transit system, but rather are part of a larger regional transit network. And while we utilize two main regional service providers, the focus of our discussion today will be on those two providers, Kat and John. But there are several other regional partners, such as the Athens Express and the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission, which play important roles in the regional network as well. The TJPDC operates the Regional Transit Partnership, which is intended to provide guidance to elected officials. Such guidance has recently taken the form of a regional transit vision, as well as an ongoing transit governance study. At the moment, Albemarle has no direct control over decisions made by CAT, but does appoint members to the Jaunt Board of Directors. CAT provides the fixed route services for the county in the urban zone and will also oversee the microtransit pilot program for the county. Jaunt, as contracted by CAT, provides the mandated American with Disabilities Act services that are related to those fixed cat routes, as well as providing the urban and rural on-demand services. Next year's recommended budget includes $175,000 toward the microtransit pilot. Bids are due on April 18th for firms to provide the software and other services to run that effort. While this work session was about their current budget requests and not about any future structure, There is also $98,000 in next year's budget to hire a consultant to analyze the Albemarle County's, to analyze Albemarle's structural ability to pay for the costs of more transit. Transit's continuing to increase in complexity, and quite frankly, the county does not have one individual that is a service level subject matter expert for transit. It's spread amongst, I believe, five to six of us at the moment that have to pick up and put this down as the issues arise. For fiscal year 2024, Albemarle is slated to pay $1.3 million to Charlottesville Area Transit, a $300,000 increase from the current year. Davidson said much of the increase is to make up for decreasing federal revenue as pandemic-era financing recedes. Jaunt requested more than the $2.3 million that they received in the current fiscal year, though there is a projected $1 million reserve in next year's budget that could go back to the agency if they can justify it. Staff wanted additional time to follow up and work with John and do our proper due diligence on that request. When it came time to the presentations from the agencies, CAT Director Garland Williams went first. The agency is currently on reduced service and has been since the pandemic, 
when it ran 13 routes Monday through Saturday and four routes on Sunday. We did no coverage changes, but in the evening service, we uh, went from ending around 10, 30, 11 o'clock to about a 9 p.m. stop. Um, since then, in the last three months, we've actually increased our uh, service time ending now to 10, 30 p.m., um, hopefully getting closer and closer back to the 12 uh, a.m. time frame as we come out of COVID. There's currently no Sunday service, but CAT hopes to restore it in fiscal year 2024. A previous round of service changes was taken through the public process in 2021, but has not yet been implemented due to ongoing driver shortages. The fiscal year 2024 budget seeks to finally put some of those route changes into place, but Williams offered no timeline to supervisors. Service changes will include additional service on Route 6 between Crescent Halls and Willoughby Shopping Center, 30-minute service on Route 2 on Avon Street, a new Route 8 that would travel between Willoughby Shopping Center and Stonefield via the UVA Hospital. There's a lot more details of those changes in a link in the newsletter. Supervisor Donna Price said she was glad to see that service will be added to Mill Creek on Route 2 when the new system is implemented but she made a pitch for even more service. And not asking for anything to change on that today, but to ask that you do continue both Chalk and Cat to look at the increased development. We've got Avenity, Spring Hill, Avon, south of Mill Creek, um, with more still to come, um, Biscuit Run Park. Next up at the meeting was the presentation from Jaunt to explain their increased request for fiscal year 2024. The agency recently had financial trouble related to the conduct of their former CEO, Brad Sheffield. Sheffield also served one term on the Board of Supervisors, representing the Rio District. Nelsie Birch is Albemarle's chief financial officer. There was a pretty um, alarming audit finding uh, from the external auditors that audited Jaunt back in uh, their fiscal 2020 audit. Um, and then subsequently, the uh, Department of Rail and public transportation um, did their own audit and, and came up with some other concerning things that were that were happening. And much of that was related to fiduciary responsibility um, and the misapplication of funds. Birch said the use of rural funds to cover urban service masked the true cost of John's service to Albemarle. And that's one reason why John's request is higher for this year. Albemarle now requires much more reporting from Jaunt, which is now run by CEO Ted Reek. The changes in, in our cost have been reflected both in operations and capital, and that totals out to the million dollar increase. The reasons these are gone up are, 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 are numerous. First of all, we have increased demand. We're coming out of COVID just like CAT is. Uh, we've had to increase our cost of labor. We gave our drivers a 20% increase about a year ago. More on the budget and what will happen to that million dollars in future editions of Charlottesville Community Engagement. It is the end of number 519. This edition could have come out tomorrow, but then what would tomorrow do? I have so many stories to get to and appreciate your patience as I sift through a whole lot of previous meetings. I want to be thorough, and thankfully that's what paid subscribers to Charlottesville Community Engagement are helping to pay for. 
I am driven by a sense that there's always something else to know and grateful for others wanting to read or listen to what I write. Ting will match your initial payment if you opt to join them, either at the $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year level. There were three of those $200 payments in April. Pretty cool, huh? The goal is to keep growing and eventually to hire people I can train to help me keep an eye and an ear on what's happening. And if you sign up for Ting at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code community, you'll get free installation a second month of free and a card to downtown mall. Thank you to Rocky for the news of the news in the podcast. I'm talking really fast. Welcome to the post. Thank you. Bye.